Our reading this morning is Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 34. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or, what you, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap, they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you can do, can't, cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows what you need. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. May the Holy Spirit help us to accept these words which are so difficult to hear. Amen. Thank you, Nigel. Good morning, everybody. This week we've had a real treat. Uh, some of us have been able to access it anyway. We've had uh, our visitors from Uganda who've been uh, visiting the diocese as part of the 50th anniversary celebrations of the Uganda-Bristol link. And uh, many of us were here on Wednesday evening. In fact, hands up if you're here on Wednesday evening. Yeah, quite a few people dancing in the aisles. And what a fantastic evening it was as the Ugandan choir uh, sung their hearts out, danced, and shared a few stories along the way. And uh, one of the things that really struck me from Wednesday evening and from uh, last night as well at Stoke Gifford, where there was a big um, Dawson celebration, was the way in which they shared stories which spoke of simple trust in God. And so on Wednesday night, we heard of a couple of situations where, uh, in one case, there was a family with no food on the table and they cried out to God in prayer, and God provided for them. And another situation where uh, there, were no money, there was no money to pay some school fees for uh, one of the choir members when he was, uh, when he was younger. And uh, again, through a miracle of God's provision, the money was provided to pay those school fees. Uh, everyone in Uganda has to pay um, school fees. My own trips to Uganda over the years, um, again, I've been struck by the joy of people who own so little and yet possess so much in their faith. Something to teach us in the UK about living simply and having that simple trust in God. 
But as I've wrestled with this theme of what does it mean for us to be a church that lives simply and to be individuals that live simply, I've recognised, of course, that there's no magic formula for living simply and that our lives aren't simple. A life of simplicity, it seems, is difficult to obtain and impossible to control. What I mean by that is there are, there are lots of things which we can't control. So, on an individual level, we don't know when we might be struck down by sickness. If we're working, the possibility of redundancy. We don't know what the impact of Brexit might be. We might be struck by relationship breakdown, by family issues in our wider family. We have to recognise, don't we, that life can be pretty complex. And that's true on a church body level as well. Last week we celebrated um, in our harvest service the first anniversary of the reopening of this wonderful building. And uh, we have benefited massively from the flexibility, the warmth, the welcome, the brightness, uh, so many different things that this building has to offer. But the fact is, we still have significant amounts of finance to find. It would have been great if we could have had everything paid for up front, open the building, start all the things we wanted to do, and not have to worry. But the fact is, we are in that position where there are still uh, loans outstanding. Life is not always that simple. That is a reality. So as we think about this whole theme of simplicity, it's really important that we recognise that there are some things that we can control and others that we can't. And so we approach this theme from the mindset of uh, our attitudes and behaviours. What are the attitudes and behaviours that we can demonstrate to enable us to live a simple lifestyle within the confines of our life circumstances? So that has a personal dimension for us as individuals and a corporate dimension for us as the body of Christ in this place. As we seek to be the people that God wants us to be, salt and light in his world. One of the biggest challenges to a life of simplicity has to be busyness and clutter. We can so easily rush around like headless chickens and accumulating lots of stuff. So much of that is actually about justifying our own existence, feeling good about ourselves, but it does nothing for our physical, our spiritual, or our emotional health and well-being. And our gospel reading this morning challenges us to live day by day, not worrying about the future for ourselves or our children, not micromanaging our possible career path or storing up treasures on earth, but seeking God's kingdom, the things that really matter to him. Just before this particular passage, we have the parable of the rich fool. He's the guy who wants to build bigger barns to store up his crops, not realising that that very night his life would be taken from him. The selfish pursuit of more would mean nothing then. So maybe simplicity is linked with selflessness. I was really struck by um, a paragraph that was sent to me from an article by a guy called George Ellis. He reflects 
on some concepts from Philippians 2. Philippians 2 is that um, description, that uh, description of Jesus and his self-sacrificing nature. And in Philippians 2 verse 7, it reads in the NIV, he emptied himself and took the very nature of a servant. And that word, or that phrase, he emptied himself in Greek is translated, uh, was translated from the Greek, kenosis. It's a word that um, strikes fear into everyone who's ever been at theological college and has to write essays on uh, the nature of kenosis. But he describes this word, this self-emptying, like this. A joyous, kind and loving attitude that is willing to give up selfish desires and to make sacrifices on behalf of others for the common good and the glory of God. Doing this in a generous and creative way, avoiding the pitfall of pride and inspired by the love of God and the gift of grace. That's a little bit wordy, but take a few moments just to read through or reflect on those words. It's a quote that definitely sums up Jesus' attitude and behaviour. And it presents a massive challenge to us. It's that way of being, that kenosis way of living, that is at the core of simplicity. It takes away the grasping after more. It shows a godly approach to time and activity. It incarnates or lives out Jesus' call to love God and to love our neighbour. But it also raises a question. Is our life as a church community marked by a quantity of activity or by a quality of relationships? We are a busy church. We've got brilliant stuff going on with our children, our young people, for families, services to accommodate different worship styles. We're active in mission at home and overseas. We've got groups for this and groups for that. Our program is full. And I'm certainly not knocking any of that. Most other churches would be quite envious of such activity. But it doesn't hurt to ask ourselves questions from time to time. Do we try and do too much? Have we become too busy? Are we so busy we don't have time to go deeper with one another and deeper with God? Does all this activity serve our vision to be a community of disciple-making disciples? These are the sorts of questions that the life groups can grapple with during the course of this next week, and I trust we all will. One of my takeaways from the uh, Lee Abbey weekend just a couple of weeks ago was the whole thing about building a quality and depth of relationship with one another, which is attractive and spreads out to a wider community. What do people see of our relationships with one another? Do they demonstrate a self-emptying? What about our relationship to the environment around us? Does that demonstrate a self-emptying? What about our service to the community? I guess it brings us back to the core passage behind this particular series from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, that description of the early church at the heart of this series. In amongst the description of the common life of the disciples, 
There are two phrases that stand out in terms of the response of others towards them. It says, first of all, that everyone was filled with awe. And later on, the disciples were enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Their life as a church community was attractive and got people's attention. In many ways, it was simple living. It was kenosis living. They did stuff. They were active in mission. But their lives were marked by generosity, by openness, by service, by hospitality. Those of you who are sharp may have noticed that the acronym from those is GOSH. (laughs) People looked at them and said, GOSH! See how these Christians love one another. In amongst my junk mail this week, I had uh, a mailing from the leprosy mission, which I didn't consider to be uh, junk mail. And it was their Christmas brochure, and it was advertising all sorts of nice things that we could buy for Christmas. And in amongst um, the brochure was a tea towel, also available as an apron. If you're interested, go to the leprosy mission website. And uh, it looked like this. And it says, in this home, we do love. We do laughter. We do listening. We do I'm sorry. We do fresh starts. We do forgiveness. We do fun. We do crazy. We do bear hugs. We do friendship. We do family. We do music. We do harmony. We do patience. We do prayer. We think, what would Jesus do? I thought, that's fantastic. That's how we should be in our homes. But we should also be like that in our church. In this church, we do love, we do laughter, we do listening, we do etc., etc. All of those things. They're a mark of a, a healthy church where relationships are strong and where people are living that kenosis lifestyle, that self-emptying, giving of themselves in the service of God and in love of others. I don't think that God would want people to look at Christ Church and say, oh yeah, I know that church. They do a lot of really good things. They're really busy. He'd far rather they saw behaviours and attitudes modelled which caused them to say, I want to be a part of that. Look at the quality of their relationships. Look at the way in which they give of themselves to one another. As part of their service of God. As we move towards communion, when we think about the self-emptying of Jesus in his life and his death, I want us just to pause for a few moments. I'm going to put that paragraph back up on the screen, that um, quote about kenosis. And just ask us a question. What might God be saying to us? What might God be saying to you about that self-emptying which strips us back to that place of simple trust and devoted service? So we're just going to leave uh, just a minute or so just to be still. You may have noticed you've got um, some paper and pens uh, around you. Also on the screen you have a text number. My phone is here. I would love, if you feel that God is saying something to us as a church about what it means to be a self-emptying community, 
Or maybe even if out of these few minutes there's a further question that arises for you, do just drop me a, a text message and we can feed any questions into home group discussions, life group discussions this week, but also onto, into our reflections on this series. So just for a minute or so, let's just be still and reflect on what it means. I'll just uh, read again, just in case you can't see the screen easily. Kenosis is a joyous, kind and loving attitude that is willing to give up selfish desires and to make sacrifices on behalf of others for the common good and the glory of God. Doing this in a generous and creative way, avoiding the pitfall of pride and inspired by the love of God and the gift of grace. There's a little basket on the uh, reception desk at the back, so at the end of the service, if you have written something and are happy to share it, do put it in that basket, or as I say, do drop me a text. But in the stillness, let's seek to hear God's voice.